0: Welcome to Beneath the Lights, the podcast for Minnesota Aurora FC, brought to you by Pence Homes Realty. Pence Homes is led by avid soccer fan, Nate Pence. Nate works with home buyers and sellers throughout the Twin Cities Metro, and they are a proud sponsor of Minnesota Aurora FC. Before Minnesota Aurora had its name, it was just a generically titled Minnesota women's soccer team pulled right out of the box, no customization. And one of the first and most important hires for the organization was finding a coaching staff who would navigate that inaugural season for the team. In December, 2021, just six months before the USLW League season debut, Minnesota women's soccer hired head coach Nicole Lukic, who in turn added the assistant coaches of Jenny Clark, Jen Larrick, and Cassie Ulrich. The rest of the story you might know. Undefeated regular season, sellout crowds, and a heartbreaking championship match. Today, we talk with head coach Nicole Lukic and assistant coach Jenny Clark to talk about the whirlwind debut season and what's coming in the off season. My name is Brenna Keeler And today, I have the pleasure of chatting with head coach and USLW League coach of the year, Nicole Lukic, and assistant coach, Jenny Clark.
1: What's up, Brenna? (laughs) We're doing great. How are you?
0: I'm good. I've been trying to keep busy in the offseason. Let's talk about you guys. Let's talk about before Aurora. Where did you guys both play in college, and
1: what position did you play? I played at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Forward most of my life, but turned into a left back. Just my worst nightmare is a left back. I've already, we've already
2: discussed. <laughs> no, I, uh, I played at the University of Minnesota and I was a center back. So that's why I say that. Her so attacking mindset out of the back.
1: A defender who doesn't defend. That was me. <laughs> Word.
0: Okay. So Jenny, you played for four years in Germany. Um, how does that how did that compare to playing in other women's leagues? Um,
2: yeah, it was, well, it taught me a lot about soccer, mostly because when I first went over there, I didn't know any of the language or anything. So really, I had to base all of all of how I played on sight and what I saw and, um, trying to figure out the game that way. So I learned a lot about soccer, um, just visually and learning off of cues and stuff like that, um, through playing. Um, and then I think if you talk to anybody that's been to Europe, they would also, they would agree that it's just a different lifestyle out there where, where soccer is always prevalent. So, um, I learned a lot by just being around it constantly. So it was a lot of fun that way. Um, but, I mean, when I went to the WPS out of college, I played with some really high-level players that I had never seen soccer played that way before, too. So that that really set the tone on on um, my vision of soccer and and what it takes to get to that next level. So. And what teams did you play for when you were overseas? Um, I played for, first I played for Loch Leipzig, um, so in Leipzig, Germany. And then I went down and played for SC Freiburg for a number of years, and then I went to FFC Frankfurt um, for my final year there. So,
0: Right on. And how did you, from there, how did you transition into coaching? Did you, you came back to the States and you wanted to stay in soccer, or how did that go about?
2: Um, Actually, no. I came back to the States and I wanted to, um, the transition out of soccer was quite difficult for me um, out of playing, so I kind of separated myself from the sport. Um, I was in sales, which was Awful. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it was awful. And then um I tried a couple other things administratively and um somehow I just kept on um being pulled back to to the game and um I went out to out to Utah, one of Molly Rouse. Um, she used to be the assistant coach at the University of Minnesota. I played with her in college, um, got the head coaching job at um, a school called Utah Tech now. Um, and she asked if I wanted to be her assistant coach, and then I just fell back in love with with being around the sport, um, coaching, and everything like that. So when Aurora came about, it was a really great opportunity to continue that and in, in uh, not Utah, so. <laughs>
0: Well, so Nicole, your your career into coaching was a little bit different. You Your college career ended a little early due to injury um, and you transitioned sooner into a coaching role. Let's talk about that. Tell us about what happened there.
1: Yeah, um, I did play all four years in college and was grateful to to finish those out. But my freshman year of college, I learned I had compartment syndrome, which is just not fun. I would not wish it upon anybody. Um I had surgery, but it's still around. It basically is like pins and needles in your leg, and you can't get any blood flow or oxygen to your legs, and your feet just go numb. So, Sounds really good for soccer. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> hindering. Um, so my dreams of playing professional just kind of seemed unrealistic from the start of college, which was hard to swallow, but... Helpful in a way to reset my mindset on what could be next. Um, So I started coaching actually while I was still playing in college. And then when I finished, um, I worked in the financial world for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I realized that coaching was my favorite part of the day. I was coaching club teams and high school teams. And then I decided to get my master's um, in sports sports admin um, and just kind of start going down that path.
0: Right on. Um, So when you think about soccer and, and back to your earliest memories, whether that's playing or even just watching, what are some of your favorite soccer memories? Maybe watching the World Cup when you were younger or playing club growing up, what, what really drew you in saying, this is the sport I want to continue with?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I started playing late at maybe 9 or 10, which I think you ask most elite players. They probably started at like 2, 3, or 4. Um,
0: you're still was, an elite
1: player, Nicole. <laughs> I was a goalkeeper from age 9 to 13, 14. I know you're looking at me like, good switch. <laughs> Because I am still 5'2", so that was um, devastating when my coach told me, like, maybe we should switch. Um, but also probably a good call, because I was a goalkeeper who was, like, juggling to 300, and that didn't really make sense either. Um, but so some of my earliest members are actually me playing goalkeeper and, like, saving PK, PKs and, like, the team jumping on me and piling on me and just loving the sport that way and, and sharing good memories with teammates and... Um, Then just like working myself up from being kind of an average player to a good player and yeah. Right on. Jenny, what about you? Yeah.
2: um, Well, I mean, the 99 World Cup, um, I remember being so drawn to the idea that that is something I could do. Um, And I thought that that was like one of the coolest things and like the celebration of everything. I remember, I think it was a couple World Cups ago, they did like a documentary about that time with all those players then. And it just like reignited like this feeling from when I was a kid and being so excited about it. So I think that that was a really big um, time that I was like, wow, I can do can do something like that, that seems awesome. So that was pretty fun. Um, but I mean, like playing just in general, I I don't know if I consciously, I don't know what it was about soccer, but it just kind of like clicked for me that I just like loved being around it and always wanted to do it. And it was just, I played all the other sports and it just none of them clicked like soccer did. So it was just kind of like that investment into it. And I liked my teammates. But I think I just love the game so much. And then but um I mean winning games, running, scoring goals, everything was yeah. Yeah. so much fun.
1: I started playing that year '99. That's when I was 10. And I thought I could be scurry. So it didn't quite work out. in my way. mind but. I was like,
2: me, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was 10. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, She's yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> shoot a little yeah, harder, all right? I right. <laughs> probably could take her on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wild confidence, wild blind confidence. So, let's move on to Aurora. How did
0: you hear about Aurora and when did you know I want to coach for that team? I want to I want to try to to get a, to be a part of that.
2: Um, I didn't, I mean, it's like the Minnesota I didn't know what was going on with it. I but I did see things about it in the news, um, and I think I saw some stuff on social media. Um, just being, like, from Minnesota, that was something that I had seen. And mostly, I think I looked at it and was like, ah, kind of want to play, um, <laughs> kind of idea of, like, initially. Um And this was uh, probably a year before it started, right? Because that's when it started coming out, and I was so I had actually people send me stuff about it. They're like, "Ah, have you heard about this?" I was like, "No, no idea about it." You're about to lace the cleats back (laughs) up and hop out there. Let's uh, let's see what I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I uh, went down to Utah. That's when I started coaching because all of this. Or must have been when I, I I'm not sure about the timeline. You know, the last two years are a big blur. Um, but I then I had seen once I was coaching down there, and then I saw that they posted the the job description and everything. And I just felt like it was something I wanted to be a part of no matter what, regardless of if I was playing or not. I just thought it was a really great opportunity for young women and um getting the, the recognition and the publicity that it should happen. And I think that it's proven a
1: lot on how much
2: that matters. Um, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. What about you, Nicole?
1: Yeah, I heard about it um, April, April 2021. 20, I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, and I made the decision at that time to take another job in the youth club space up here in the cities and just a parent in the the soccer world down in lacrosse was just like, hey, have you heard of this team? And I was like, nope. But then I started researching it a little bit more and I was like, huh, like maybe this is destined. Like maybe this is why I'm moving up here. I don't know. Um, and so I just started following it then and paying attention to the postings. And to be honest, I was like, surely they have somebody pegged for this coaching job, but I'll just keep following and, and maybe I'll get lucky. Um, and here we are. So fast forward to now, what has
0: the experience been like coaching this team, this, the first year team and first year of the league? Um, what, what was that experience like for you guys?
1: I think for me, honestly, like it was just a breath of fresh air. Um, it was this space that I've never been in before. Um, and the fact that we, as a coaching staff, had the opportunity to build it how we wanted and how we visioned uh, was just a lot of fun. And I've never worked with an all-female coaching staff before, so that was new and I, I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I think like this year was, uh, I mean, an experience I don't think either of us have had in a lot of different levels of like literally building a team from the ground up, um, on how we wanted and then I mean like I said earlier just the the amount of attention towards the team I mean there was a ton like the initial amount of pressure that we felt and then like once the roll the ball got rolling just being like the feeling that we had of wouldn't say was like swag but it was a lot of like we just had a lot of confidence going in and I think a lot of that had to do with the, the players that we brought in that were just really fun and cool and bought into what the system was and bought into what the team was. So that was really fun.
0: So Nicole, you didn't know the other coaches before you started on this. So as the head coach, what did you do to get everybody on the same page? How did you split roles? How did everything kind of mesh together in the successful way that it did?
1: Yeah, well, let's see. I got offered the position in early December, I believe, of 21. Um... Shortly after that, brought on Jenny and Jen. And I think really just December, January, February, we really just, you know, started meeting weekly. um, Tried to get to know each other because I thought that was important. Like, what are our strengths and weaknesses? Um, And of course, like, when I talked to them about taking the position, I asked them, You know, how do you like to play? What do you think is important? What kind of players do you like? And for the most part, we had a lot of similarities. So I think naturally that just helped kind of bring together the style of play that we wanted to create and felt comfortable coaching every day. Um, And then naturally, you know, Jenny has been in the defending side of the game. I would say, most of her life and feels comfortable in that space. Jen Larrick has coached more attacking. Um, I've kind of floated in between, and that's just how it came to be, and we just started, like, I started just working with Jenny more in depth about defending, um, and not even defending, but maybe the defensive players, because we still worked on how do the defenders attack together. So it's more kind of like Jenny had the back... Six, if you count the goalie, because we tied him in with Cassie. And then, you know, Jen had the, the top. And then just me making sure I'm spending time in each zone with Jenny, Jen, and Cassie. Um, we brought Cassie on in April. Yeah, it's was like right before. Yeah, it was pretty it close late, to April. April May, but yeah, I think at that crazy. point, we had four awesome committee goalkeepers. And the mm-hmm. three of us were just like... We could do this, and we could give them probably reps, but they are You took your goalie experience from
0: (laughs) U7, U8, and you are ready to go.
1: I could channel my inner scary if I needed to, (laughs) but (laughs) it just felt like that probably wasn't going to be best for everybody. Um, Probably smart. So we asked for permission to hire a goalkeeper coach just for the season, Um, put it out there, and the three of us pretty quickly – Really liked Cassie's personality. She's uh, very loud compared to the rest of us, maybe. <laughs> she's, a
2: goal, she's a goalkeeper. Yeah, she's yeah. a goalkeeper. That's a great way
1: to put it. Um, she was different than us, which we really appreciated. But at the same time, we knew that her personality would would fit in well. And she understood our vision and our, our mission that we were trying to accomplish in our first season.
2: Yeah, I think... Um kind of like to talk about what the evolution of our, or the coaching staff and stuff. I think like from the get-go, like we had our weekly meetings, um, but I think it really speaks to Nicole in that she really empowered us to like take our our sides and, you know, finding players of um, like figuring out the style of play and like kind of putting that together. And we have a document that we, we kind of made with that. There's a
1: PowerPoint.
2: We have a PowerPoint. PowerPoints on PowerPoints on PowerPoints. <laughs> Um, but just kind of like, I think it really helped with the coaching staff coming together with like being able to take our roles and and feeling like we could really run with them rather than, um, feeling like the micromanagement around it. So it was, it was, uh, helped with being empowered to do what you saw fit for the situation that you saw. And if it wasn't, then we could kind of have a discussion about it. So
0: right on. So let's talk season. Let's talk about the start of the season. You guys started with a one-one draw against Green Bay, um, sold-out crowd, first game at home. Um, after that, didn't stop winning. How? Tell us about that momentum. How you guys kept it going? Um, what you guys did to to keep that spark alive and just keep on rolling.
1: I think the Green Bay game, as painful as that being scored on in the last three minutes was, was a really crucial moment for our season because we learned early, like, we got to close out games. Like, that was a game we easily should have won. Um, but I think we just, even as a coaching staff, I can remember us, like, sitting in the chairs being like, Cool, like we won our first game, yay! But then all of a sudden, it was just ripped from us. Um, I think I think that sting
2: really helped with the players being like, "Yeah, we don't want that to happen again. Like, we need to like we can be better than a team, but we need to finish it." Um, and if we had to learn that lesson by tying a game, it's that's okay.
1: <laughs> it the, was also on the, on like sense of uh, <laughs> rather than losing. So yeah. And the environment, I mean, we tried to tell the players like what it would be like, but you can tell them but anything and it's just not gonna really hit home until you're there and you feel it. Um so to sell out that game. Can't hear I each other on the field. Can't hear each other. That was a big thing for yeah. the team to get used to from other environments. Um that was definitely the most nervous. Yeah. They played, and rightfully so. Like, we had maybe 10, 10 trainings. Uh, we didn't—we had one training, I think, with every single player on the roster. The Raps arrived. So, the Raps came, like, the last the day. The day before the game because of high school, which I guess if we'll excuse I guess school is—I <laughs> right. guess the it's right important, ones, kind yeah. of.
0: So, they came from all over, and you you had them for just a couple—I mean— a couple months for some of them, and then you kind of had the second sweep um the raps and Shelby and people who kind of trickled in later. how was it easy for you guys to get them on the same page and and get rolling, or what what challenges did you have um, not having the whole team in there for a month prior?
1: I think we did a lot of work um, well, I know we did and April to try to get everybody on the same page, um, as far as how we wanted to play and what our expectations were just through virtual meetings. Um, so I think most people felt they knew the goals, but then it's just, you know, giving them time to get the repetitions to understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think that having those first like couple weeks, um, Getting people on the same. I don't think that anything about this year, like there was no preparing anybody for what this was going to end up being this year. And I think it really helped. We had that first game where it was, you know, we had the 5,000 plus fans there. And then we had the away trip of, you know, five, six days. And I think that that was really essential for us to kind of get away. Um, Everybody was together that entire time. So they got to know each other a little bit better. Different personalities that, popped up that we weren't anticipating, actually. Hilarious ones, but... (laughs) Remy (laughs) Robb came out of left field. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, and I think that it was just like a... That was really essential for us to, like, get that ball rolling and get everybody on the same page on what we are. And I think what's so fun about the team is there's so many different styles of play that they're coming from that they can, we can have what we were doing, but they can bring their own flair to it. And I think that that was re- what was really fun about this summer and um, how the team ended up coming together and the different personalities and the fun that they had with what the platform was that we had. And that was, that was really cool.
1: Yeah, I remember too, now that you're talking about that away trip, I remember after we won the Kansas game, there was this brief discussion about like, Oh, do we mess up? Like, should we have scheduled an away game first mm. so that we could have played in this less-pressure environment and then came and, and rocked it in front of all these people? But I, I don't, I'm not sure it matters, but that was like— I think it worked out for you guys that just was fine. The, yeah. yeah, it yeah. was the feeling yeah. at the time, yeah. like not okay. knowing what was, was going to happen next. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly.
0: What are those highlights for you from this season? Maybe not just big goals or wins— but things that helped make it a success for you personally, maybe that's seeing players grow or gain friendships, yeah. um gain that confidence to then translate onto the field
2: i think I think what we um as a staff brought up from the get-go because we were like, again, we, we, we brought this team from the ground up. Like we didn't know any of the players. Um, Both of us aren't, haven't been in like the, the Minnesota world or, or anything like that, that we were just, you know, making connections with players and everything. So the number one thing that we talked about was player experience. And I would say like, it has to be what our biggest highlight is, is the players on the team, genuinely really like each other and I think that that's been really cool to continue to see um even after the season Is they still communicate with each other they still really like each other they talk about how awesome this experience was this summer um and that was our number one goal it's kind of nice we got we got we were division champions and made it to the final and and all of that but um I think that that was a really big highlight that we gave them this experience that you know I want more women to be able to experience is, is this high-level platform that they they were able to play on. So.
1: Ditto on that? <laughs> yeah, ditto. I was just thinking, like, thank goodness, like, I have Jenny and Jen and Cassie because I can... Like, I was in a deep, dark hole after that championship loss, and... Um, Like Jenny and Jen, they said they said exactly that. Like, hey, remember what our number one goal was, and we crushed it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And every single player on our team, without hesitation, would say this was like nothing else they've ever experienced. And for me, like I really like hearing that the training environment was most of their favorite parts. I mean, outside of you know, the fans and the game day experience. But the fact that we were able to create this very high-level training environment that they all felt like they were getting better every single day, they were getting closer to reaching their own individual goals, Um, that, that was really important to me before we started. And it was nice to hear that we were able to do that for them. And I think most of them would say that it was worth... You know their summer which I've I've said numerous times to different people that during the recruiting process we talked to a lot of big players who were not willing to give up their summers to train or spend you know six out of seven days with the team Um, so it was a big commitment for our players to do that kind of on a whim hoping we would follow through with creating the environment that we said we would and
2: I think it's pretty exciting to continue to follow players into their fall season with a lot of colleges or, you know, professionally. And they are doing very well and going back to their environments. And that's pretty accomplishing as well. So that's pretty awesome. So how did you prepare for playoffs?
0: You guys are coming off an undefeated season. Um, You're playing brand new teams, but you get to host. What how did that go for you guys?
2: I think momentum of, I kind of mentioned, and momentum is a huge thing in sports in general. When you've been having a really good training atmosphere, everybody's bought into what the process is. When everybody is like, yeah, we're going to step on this field and we're going to win, kind of kind of thing was really helpful. Um, we did have a lot of challenges with injuries, injuries. Um, players that we didn't have available that we had prior um, and everything so it was kind of a chess match on how we were going to figure out it was that's a great way things. to put it yeah and yeah. um, on putting our team back together so our uh, together so that was pretty interesting but i think otherwise i mean going into playoffs was
1: pretty similar to how we prepared for
2: from the coaching side i think that we had to put things together differently but
1: Yeah, we had that away trip to Green Bay, um, which was great because they were our best opponent in the division. Um, So to be able to have two matches against them, to try some different things. um, The first time we played them, we went with our usual 4-5-1. Second time we played them, we decided to just come out with the 3-5-2 so that we could feel confident using it. In the playoffs if we needed to, which we did against Cindy Eleven. Well
2: and we went to the three five two. I think we scored in the first minute of the game. It was pretty It was
1: pretty, pretty quick. Awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it was nice to know we could make that change and
1: yeah. the players' and I think most not. importantly it was nice for the comp- the players to have the confidence of adjusting to something else if that's what the game asked us to do later down in the road and uh, we scored five goals in that last game against Green Bay, which was the most goals we've ever scored in a game. Um, yeah. so like, like Jenny more, yeah, Jenny said it just gave us really good momentum. yeah, Morgan Turner had the hat trick, came um, into playoffs on a high, which was awesome. So I think you know a lot of things we did were probably the same for the other games, maybe a little bit more um, scouting film and, and looking for. Specific things like set pieces or did anybody take PKs? Um, But for the most part, pretty similar to the rest of the season. Did you learn anything specifically from playing
0: those tougher teams in the playoffs that you're going to bring into next season?
1: I mean, I learned a lot about myself. I think just in in that final match that I would, I don't want to say do differently, but just think about maybe prior to a championship match that I didn't think or a playoff match that maybe I didn't think about. Um, But I think for the most part, um, I think, like I said, for the
2: playoffs, I wouldn't say that we changed too much besides maybe these small tactical things we probably would have changed a little bit on the coaching staff side. Um, but otherwise I don't know if I, I don't, I'm trying to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that there are any, anything that we would have changed, like in particular. I mean, obviously there's the small stuff that Nicole is
1: alluding to, but. That's easy, like easy to say, right? And yeah. And if we win. Then you did everything great. Right. So. Right.
0: So. We have to talk about the final. I know you mentioned that you're still a little mad about it, but two months later, what do you look back and, and think on it?
1: I mean, it was a goal to be in that game, and the fact that we were able to do it um, in our inaugural season feels really accomplishing. Uh, on the flip side, it feels devastating that we were so close and, and we didn't do it. Um I think a big takeaway for me, and maybe something that, you know, I learned, I thought the players probably handled the loss better than I did. And um, that was humbling just to see them still very upbeat um, and in the moment able to immediately recognize how much we did accomplish. Um, You know, they were. They walked around the stadium, they thanked the fans, they were so very proud of our season in that moment, which they should have been. Um, That was great to see as a coach. I think
2: um, learning from it and not saying that by any means, by no means was it fun to lose a final, and... I think is really good motivation for next year and like to get our team to where we want it to be, to be able to be sustainable until that final match. Um, I think that it's really good motivation for us to be, um, even now Nicole and I are having conversations almost daily, recruiting, we're watching players, we're watching teams, we're talking about players, we're talking about teams, people are reaching out. Like we want this next year, To mirror how the regular season was. And then we want to be able to finish it out.
1: Mm.
2: And I think that it just brought in more motivation for us to make sure that that's going to be what happens. So.
0: So how do we prepare for next year? We had a successful first season. Now what? What are you guys doing? What steps are being taken? And how are we going to get the ball rolling for next year?
1: Yeah, we started by talking to... Our 2022 players, um, postseason individual meetings, getting feedback from them on what they loved about season or what they would change. Um, because our goal is still overall to just continue to provide this player experience that no one else is providing, quite frankly. Um, so that is still really important to us, and that we're spending our time with the players that we, we did have. And through those conversations, learning who's coming back and, and who's not so that we can start understanding what pieces we need to bring in. Um, and I think all the players that are on the roster are very hopeful that we continue to find players who fit our personality environment, which is chill, laid back but very also crazy intense, <laughs> yeah. but very driven to yeah. be a high level soccer player mm-hmm. um I think that a big thing
2: I mean we have our non we talked about this having our non-negotiables on players that we come in and I think that 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 is one of them that we always just say like they get it <laughs> like I think that that's like me and Nicole whenever we talk about stuff it's like they get it. And there are players that just, and we do feel like they, they don't, and it's the people that we feel like can get bought in on what what we're looking for and what we want. Um, and I would say for the most part this summer we had a lot of players that just got it and, and wanted it, and it was really fun.
0: So when you look to adding more players who just get it, you guys have started recruitment already?
2: or Yep. Yeah, we're we've been going to games. We've been watching players. It Sounds like Nicole. Or we've been like talking to players. Nicole's talked to a
1: lot of players, and
2: we're just we have in the one
1: official offer out for twenty twenty three. I can't say anything else, but there is an official <laughs> offer tea, out. There's
0: tea. There's <laughs> tea. <laughs> what do you? What do you? And she's really good. And she's
1: really good. Good
0: <laughs> things we love to hear. The recruits are good, people. <laughs> the recruits are good. So, what do you do to be better in year two?
1: Great question, Brenna. <laughs> That's what I'm here can't, for. Can't wait to can't wait to answer that. Can't, I mean, we just can't, can't wait to say we can't what you give what away next. all of our secrets, but too too, much, too many secrets in that we can't. But good. I would say that we continue to to push ourselves to keep doing things that, that other clubs are not, um, whether that's game day environment, training environment, helping our players with things in life, because a lot of our players are at that age where is soccer going to be a realistic path at 22, 23? or are you gonna go this route? And do we have the people in our club to help you go that route? Um, I think
2: the, I mean, on our end, I think we'll continue um, at least in season and before season is providing a really strong training environment. We're bringing in, we'll bring in other players that are gonna help lift that. But for the most part, I would say it's just trusting the process that we've already begun. And I think that that's going to be really big. And I think that that's also the the really cool thing about Aurora is there's so many resources that we can rely on and be able to utilize for the players that are going to be coming to us and what their future is. So. Well, that just about does it. We have head coach
0: and USLW League Coach of the Year, Nicole Lukic, and our assistant coach, Jenny Clark. Um, Thanks for hopping on with us today, chatting about the team, and um, we hope you guys sign some good players so that we can have a good, successful year next year, and we hope to talk to you guys soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us. We really
0: appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for listening to Beneath the Lights, brought to you by Pence Homes. Visit their website at PenceHomes.com. That's P E N T Z Homes.com. Music provided by Big Porters.